now sync us up. Would you like that, Jonathan? Would you like to be synchronized? I'd love that, yes. Yeah, like a swimmer. <laughs> or a dancer. <laughs> or a dancer, Jonathan. Why didn't you think of dancers? Obsessed with swimming, you are. <laughs> They're both so antithetical to my body. Yeah. My body doesn't do either of those good. Yeah. Looks bad. Anyway. Yep. Ready. I'll sing us up. <laughs> Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. So anyway, Jonathan, how many Gerber babies could I put you down for? You mean the the little snack foods? I can have a snack. I'm hungry. Uh, uh, we're actually talking about the, the babies themselves. We've basically, Conrad and I, have come into possession of a garbage truck full of Gerber babies, which, as everyone knows are a bit different from normal babies. Is, is this a picture of the baby on the on the label? That's a cute baby. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gerber baby is a special type of baby, and they're the only ones allowed to be on Gerber labels. Huh. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're cultivated from fatty deposits. Did you know that? Naturally occurring fatty deposits in the ground uh, are harvested... And the Gerber baby is extracted from it and normally just kept in a closet until they're needed to be photographed for Gerber. But these ones, I'm not sure if there's something wrong with them, if maybe they've gone off a bit, but we've got a garbage truck full of Gerber babies. Oh, wait, these are actual living babies you have, you're saying? Living's an interesting word to use. Yes, let's say living. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're sort of alive. And and we're selling them on. And look, Jonathan off road rules. The man who was the road rule. Famous, world famous in 1998. And now no longer famous. Let me just tell you, it is right trendy to have a Gerber baby or three around the house. How many can we put you down for? Uh, you want me to adopt a, a, a child? I, I I am a father now and it's it's pretty stressful. Yeah. Having more children in the house wasn't part of my plan, and these, I still don't know how much of this is really going on. Yeah. Like, are these little toy babies, or? I mean, if you're worried about, you know, it, like, growing up and leaving the house, you shouldn't. They're never going to be larger than a baby. Yeah. Uh, they're never going to be more ambulatory. Um, they'll, you know, they're not going to run off and leave. Uh, they they will cry and, and shit and urinate and scream and yeah. crawl about and be constantly at risk for which you will be legally culpable. Sure. But if, if, if you're worried about them, like, growing up and moving on out of that stage, don't. No. No, a Gerber baby is for life and not just for Christmas. But if you're bored of it on December 26th, they are flushable. <laughs> but that would kill them. Uh, I, I, I... $25 for a baby. Or I'll do you a job lot, three for $64.99. Are they, 
are they they're alive you're saying are they not alive that's where i'm puzzled because if it's not alive like if this is just a really cool toy then maybe how do you define alive jonathan it's a great question look jonathan no one said you had to eat the gerber babies who's saying you have to eat the gerber babies <laughs> no of course i'm not saying that I never said anyone had to be eating a Gerber baby today. And let's not talk about eating Gerber babies or promises made to politicians that Gerber babies are getting eaten, Jonathan, off-road rolls. Oh, wow. Yeah, as soon as politicians get involved, uh, everyone feels worse. Well, it's a dirty game, is politics, Jonathan. It's a dirty, dirty game. Yeah, and that's why we're not doing it. Well. I think. Well. One way to raise your profile, Jonathan, would be if you ran for office. Huh? MTV's Road Rules star, Jonathan Off Road Rules, is running for mayor of Boston. Uh, I mean, this show in itself will cause me to lose immediately, like, <laughs> let alone all the other shows. But this show will definitely already, just in its infancy, it's a little baby. If if any, it's a Gerber baby. It's partially real, partially unnatural, and completely destructive towards any mm. sort of future. It's like the baby has none, none of those either. Of so no, no, I'm not going to run for mayor. Definitely not. Okay, I hear what you're saying. What if you ran... As you both just didn't take no at even a little bit for an answer. You, you, neither of you had to pause and, and reflect my statement of no. There was not even a, a a moment where you considered saying okay. We did take your answer. We did take your answer on board, Jonathan. Yeah, and then we threw it overboard in in different ways. Now it's splashing about in the water, going no, just just drowning. We've now drowned that answer. It's now in a shark's belly. Speaking of which, you should run as mayor for Boston, run for mayor of Boston as. Poseidon, king of the ocean deep. Ah, huh? so, so that that would be the name on the ballot. Yes, Poseidon, king of the ocean deep. Poseidon, king of the king of oceans deep, king of oceans deep and waters wide. Uh, well, Aquaman made a billion dollars, so we've seen that. That is marketable. And he was just an Aquaman. You're the king of the ocean. You're an Aqua king. At this point, what happens is we wait till there's a function on at the town hall, right? I don't know, raising money for a church roof. They're doing a jumble sale. They're selling sweaters and coffee cups and bits of cat. Whatever it is they do to raise money for the church roof. It needs more lead, Jonathan. Oh, lead's dangerous for babies and adults. But sure, it needs it, sure. Yep. And because it's a church, loads of old fucks are there selling their knickknacks and their wares, and they are more likely to vote than the youth who know they're disenfranchised. The old people haven't worked it out yet. So they're going to vote. So it's the perfect time for you to kick open the doors of City Hall, right, while they're in there selling their bric-a-brac. You stride in, big long white beard, down to your knees, 
some very tight trunks on. Very tight trunks with a kind of fish scale pattern. Fork in your hand, and we've bent one of the little needles on the fork down a bit, so it is a trident, so only three are poking up. They can't get us on that. And then you stand there. You're soaking wet. We, we've dumped a bucket of ice water on you before you've gone in. Hopefully your nipples are super hard right now as well. Just to prove a political point. And you stride in wearing flippers. you got fucking flippers on. Huh? That's going to make a splash. Pardon the political pun there. <laughs> and you say, I am Poseidon. King of Oceans Deep, vote for me, landlubbers, and I will drown you all. <laughs> so I'm already the king of the entire ocean. Yes. Which is like, I can't remember, 70% of the planet surface. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I also want Boston under my rule, and I'm running for it. You're going to turn Boston into your above-sea-level underwater kingdom. Just because. I want more. Yeah. Yeah. I never get enough, I guess. And you are going to drown everybody. You say that all the time. I am going to drown you. And then Conrad or I will pop up and just say, in policies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is hot. Which is hot right now. Everyone wants more policies. More policies Everyone now. loves policy. They love yes. them. Yes. So anyway... Conrad and I are dressed up in skin-tight blue bodysuits with, like, fish helmets on because we're your Atlantean guard, which means I'm going to come in with a high-pressure hose into the town hall after you've made your declaration, turn that on, a riot hose if we can get it, firefighters hose if not, and I'll just unleash it on the people inside the city hall. Woof! Woof! Splash! Tidal wave! So that people say, King Poseidon has come in on a political tidal wave. And Conrad has got a bucket of fish. Just flinging them about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just got to populate it. Got to fill that room with fish up. Just to give them a glimpse of what Boston's going to look like once King Poseidon takes over and turns it into the above sea level underwater kingdom. The glory that awaits them, really. Oh, the majesty, Jonathan. Especially when Conrad gets some of the fish, holds them by their tails, and hangs them just in front of the riot hose. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of the concept of total body disruption, Jonathan? Don't worry about it. That happens to a few of the fish, but most of them just just fly off. Makes people excited. Total body disruption. Is that the destruction of a fish? Is that what you're talking about? Sometimes the high-powered water blasts turn the fish into a kind of paste before they fly off and hit the wall to show everyone that you mean business. I didn't realize we had to speak in layman's terms, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Basically, fish go misty, a kind of fine red mist. So I'm going to try to turn this around. Are you telling me that if you were just a regular guy or gal and somebody ran for office using this strategy, you would vote for them if it wasn't me? Are you kidding? You would vote for the fish-blasting, flood-making... Jonathan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know why? No. Because with that guy, you know where you stand. Yeah. Well, 
you know where you slide around on the floor. Ankle deep in water and floating fish, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't see, you would die. This is voting for your own death and the death of those in your town, in the, in the area. I don't think you appreciate exactly how tight the trunks you're wearing will be. That'll clear up any discrepancies here. People are sick and tired of boring politicians and their dishonest lies. They are sick of the status quo. They're sick of the old guard. Moneyed friends looking after moneyed friends. The scandals. The sleaze. It's time we replace them with the Greek god of the sea. Some honesty at last, because... People know what they're getting with a man who promises to spray them in riot hose water and fish guts. <laughs> I, I wish I really believed you were 100% wrong, but I actually do think I would get like 4% of the vote. Oh, if that's all you were doing. Yeah, just 4%. You would get 4% of the vote if all you did was blast a town hall bric-a-brac sale. They, they won't let us leave after that. We will be detained and arraigned. Well, of course, the press will want to ask questions. They'll keep us behind. Yeah, and, and, and I am prepared to deal with some of that. I mean, I yeah. obviously there are going to be a lot of questions about the philandering and sleeping around that you did early on in your career. You know, we're going to hear about... What? I never did any of that. Larissa. We're going to hear about Hippotho. We're going to hear about Arn and and Europa. Oh, because they think I'm actual Poseidon. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I seeded those rumors about town because people expect at least a bit at least a bit of dirt on a politician. It would be weird if King Poseidon ran for mayor and didn't have a little bit of dirt. But it makes perfect sense if you've been sleeping around a little bit. But they, that is... So really, I mean, just deny, 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 right? Yeah. Like, if somebody comes up to you and says, okay, Poseidon, Lord of the Deep, how do you respond to accusations from Themisto that uh, you are the father of her son instead of her husband? Yeah. You see, what Conrad's done yeah. is he's used research and keen historical references to build up your, your political regime here. What I've done is imagined you in the high street sat on a giant pile of fish in just swimming trunks, hurling the fish at passers-by, yelling, vote for me, you clods. <laughs> I'm so angry. So angry at them, which is really... Oh, you're I... furious. Like, you are hurling these fish overhand, right? Lobbing them. Like, like your arm is basically a fleshy, fishy trebuchet, and you are hurling that shit. And, and some actual shit at passers-by going, Vote for Poseidon, you dumb idiot clods! And you have to really show them the rage of the ocean deep, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would like it if you picked up some of the fish and just held them above your head and crumbled them onto your face while looking up going, <laughs> Maybe get a bit chewed up in your mouth and dribble it out. Yeah, I think that... 
10%. You've got me up to 10%. There we go. Still far from a win. And when I said detained and arraigned, you have to remember Boston is a town where they arrested two guys for putting up an an Aqua Teen Hunger Force little lit up plaque. For they were arresting them for days because they thought it was a bomb. It's a very paranoid, hateful town towards any sort of irregularities, <laughs> imagination, um, passions, hopes, dreams. They're they're squashed here, and that's why they need you, Jonathan. Yeah, you're going to shake things up. You're going to shake the foundation of Boston. This is why you're Boston's favorite son. It's because you make a you bring imagination and passion and fervor. To Boston. Uh, I mean... That's why we're trying to make you famous again. Boston needs you. What's Boston got outside of you? The Red Sox and the Yankees. The Patriots won here a few times. They're popular football. Very conservative, very normal guys. Tom Brady, just a real piece of wood with a smile. Just says the words and throws the ball. Beloved around here. So when are you going to play for the Patriots? Oh wow, the the um New England Patriots. Yeah, 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 yeah. that'll get you famous, wouldn't it? If if you were a famous national footballer, Jonathan, do you agree with me that you would be famous if you were a famous footballer? Yeah, I, w- I can't deny that I would be famous if I were famous for football. Conrad, he's on board. All right, excellent. He's on board with this Patriots idea. <sighs> now, no. to prove that you belong on the Patriots, first of all, we got to get you patriotic. So we are going to dress you up in a blue suit with American flag tie, American flag pin on the lapel, um, shiny black shoes, and a quaffed wig. And an American flag pocket square. Yeah. You don't want to forget the details that make it. Yes. Once you're all dressed up like that, we'll take a photo of you. Then those clothes are coming right off. You can't play football in those. You will turn up wearing some underpants. <laughs> there's, a, there's a real pattern. It's not good either. Nobody wants it. I saw it this morning. Saw that. Underpants. Me. Yeah, you in your underpants, kicking a soccer ball around Boston train station, yelling, can I be in the Patriots now? Uh, The Patriots are really mean. The owner of it is a man who really, he's going to jail, I think. Yeah. So there, there, there's some good people on the group, but there's also some not so great guys, and they're not accepting of any sort of uh, peculiarities. Yeah, they don't want any character. They they want personality cut out. Oh, well, in that in that case, take off your Avril Lavigne socks and put on some black ones. Dress down. <laughs> that wouldn't be enough. I'm not enough of a man for them. They want real. Feeling free, cool emotions, dead face, plastic smile. You know, Gronkowski is as wild and wacky as they get because his nickname is Gronk. Like, oh my, how did they think of that? Gronk? Wow. (laughs) This guy's hilarious. And he loves donuts. He is our wild man. Go go for it, Gronk. But he's just a smiling, normal dude. So what you're saying is the bar is very, very low. Uh, the, 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 
if Gronk can be famous just for being called Gronk, we'll call you Grank. <laughs> Done. Grank. Grank wearing his Y fronts and his Avril Lavigne socks, kicking a soccer ball around a train station. Oh, I tell you what, we'll also do. We'll get um, two empty tubes of Pringles. You can stuff stuff your fists in those and use them to sort of hit people in the back of the knees as you run past them. Uh, while playing the game? Mm, mm, definitely. Isn't it, though, <laughs> Jonathan? So I'm terrible at football. I, I'm a little husky. That's the only thing I've got going for me. I might be able to knock down a small man. So if we can get me on a team where everyone is like five foot two. 120 pounds, then I can knock them over. But I'd feel guilty about it. And I always want every team I'm on to get a tie. So if my team starts to win, I'll deliberately play worse so the other team can catch up because every game in my dream world ends in in a perfect tie. So you're all about the drama. You're about the heightened energy of the, you know, the pressure of keeping that game tight and tied. No, I just don't want any competition. I, I really... I didn't realize that you were so driven, so <laughs> ambitious, so much of a winner. I mean, I should have known. No, what I'm picking I'm up not. here is you've got a very competitive streak, Jonathan. Uh, I'm very against competition. I think it brings out the worst in people. Right, because you, know, you are the best and there's yeah. no need for competition. No, and everyone, not... always, everyone knows that Someone who says they're not in it for the competition are just trying to lower the guard of everyone else. It's actually right. a very clever tactic because I already feel a bit disarmed. No. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't compete with Jonathan, but really that allows you to just swoop right in. But I really honestly, I hate people. Like an eagle. Caca! I don't want anyone to, if you beat someone, then they feel bad and that's bad. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to beat anybody at anything. And I also don't want to feel bad myself. So I just don't play. I feel bad. Don't I don't want you to feel bad. I feel bad. Don't feel bad. I'll tell you I'll tell you why I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? So I'm going out of the house, right? Just I'll paint the picture for you. It's six in the morning. I leave the house. I see in my front yard a series of dog turds, Jonathan. A series? Now about five of them. Three of them I can account for. I put them there. You put them there? Yeah, yeah. I, t- I took, Basically, I took some out the backyard and put them in the front yard just for balance, you know. It's feng shui. Yeah, feng shui. Get, get the... Yeah. So, there are these five <laughs> shits in my front yard. Three of them, I know exactly which dog produced them. Mine, I know why they're there. I put them there. I know when they were put there. 6 p.m. the the night before, 12 hours hence. In that intervening 12 hours, two other shits have been there. Now there's only one person on the street with a dog. One other person outside of me. I guess it was them? Well, Dustin Diamond says it wasn't his dog. He says it wasn't Bertha. But I know that's bullshit. And he knows that's bullshit. Does... Dustin Diamond off Saved by the Bell and that video he did where he smeared some poo across a girl's face. Speaking of poo. What? What 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 I'm what I'm I want to make sure I'm understanding here. You went outside to where you already had the three turds. To look at them and catalogue them, yes. Well of course obviously, like you would. But they the other two were like next to them. They weren't like in another part of the yard, but just like like, lined up in a group with these three that you already had. Almost as if someone had their dog shit in my yard and would try and fool me into thinking that it was 
shit from my dog. I mean, that's just sinister. Like, I would go out there and say, my dog has shit in the yard again. It's like, no. Unlike unlike a, a, a rookie dog owner, I take photographs, I weigh them, I take measurements. I know every single shit my dog has done. I'm proud of them. I've got a scrapbook. Those two clearly look like they come from a, a Great Dane, which is exactly the dog that Dustin Diamond has. That's really frustrating. It's a series, like you said, and part of the series doesn't belong. It's an intruder. Anyway, <laughs> all of that is what I would have told you if any of it had happened. Oh, but it was a made up? No, no, there were five shits and Dustin Diamond's to blame, but he doesn't have a dog. I caught him popping a squat last night, about eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He fucking looked. He looked at me through the window when I was looking out at him. I swear, I, I swear to Jesus above and below, right? He made eye contact. I swear down, he made eye contact. Wow. Of course, I'm too polite. I'm not going to interrupt someone while they're in the middle of a shit. That's just rude. Well, no. I mean, that's just bathroom courtesy. But he scurried off into the night afterwards, and I ain't seen him since. He's kept his head fucking down. <laughs> but, so that's a real intrusion. If somebody defecates on your property... And makes eye contact with you. Yeah. You think I got a legal case here or not? What, what do you reckon? Yeah, you do. You think I should sue Dustin Diamond for taking a shit in my front yard? I, I, if you don't do something, I'm afraid of what he might do next because mm-hmm. the eye contact part it, it speaks to the desire for intimacy or, or some sort of physical challenge, physical connection. So you think Dustin Diamond... You think Dustin Diamond wants intimacy when he defecates he needs to be connected i i can't think of another reason why because if he wanted privacy he would have probably defecated somewhere else and definitely not looked at you for a long time i swear he did i can't prove it but i swear down he did i wouldn't mind if he if he'd have done it in the backyard on the rose bush Bit of fertilization, that would that would be one thing. Oh man, human feces, it smells pretty bad a lot of the time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He's a big fella, Dustin. He ain't a little fella. No. He's got some some girth and some 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 width. I'll tell you who is a little fella. Who's that? Ian McShane. He's a short fella, and he does it on my rose garden. Like a good fucking celebrity shirt. Is he the lead singer for uh, a band? No, 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 no. He was in Deadwood, mate. Oh, Ian McShane. I'll have to look him Ian up. Ian McShane. Anyway, look, we can't talk about Ian McShane all day. Even though I would love this to be an Ian McShane fan cast, it's not. This is a Jonathan off Road Rules fan cast. It is? Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about... The good things I have done, then? Because I have yes. done a few good things, I think. Tell us the good things you've done. Uh, I'm drawing a new Castlevania comic strip for Nintendo Force magazine. Okay. What What are those words? What are those words? What's a Castlevania? It's um like a Transylvanian castle where mm-hmm. Dracula lives. 
Conrad actually helped come up with the name for the third part of the story. It's going to be called... Oh, Conrad invented Castlevania? <laughs> sort, sort of. Was that your name, Conrad? That's a good name, because it's like Transylvania and a castle. Yeah, it's very good. It's uh... Well, you know, I mean, that's just that's why I'm the guy to help Jonathan be who he's destined to be, right? Yeah, that's oh what yeah. It comes down to. Uh, sure. Yeah, you did help. You, you came up with Buddy Tears. Do you remember that? You're like, call it buddy tears. I was like, yeah, I will. No, I, yeah, no, I don't remember that. Because I've just been so focused on, on other things. That, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I've, I've been of some assistance to you in some way. I mean, it, yeah. you've done a lot for me. I'll be honest. Years. I, I don't know what a Castlevania is. I don't know what a Nintendo is. Mostly, yeah. be, I, I feel like I may have known these things once, but I've kind of dedicated 100% of my brain space to you, Jonathan. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I am these days. I like to imagine you on the television. I like to imagine you doing a guest spot on Dancing with the Stars. I imagine you on the silver screen. I mean, I'm not there. I'm at home watching it on Netflix, but... That's where most people are, yeah. I like to think of you on the toilet, Jonathan. Oh. I like to think of you sat on your toilet looking a bit ashamed at what you're doing. Eating a sandwich. Eating a, <laughs> eating, a, eating a strawberry jelly sandwich. On the toilet? Yeah, with your little pants around your ankles. Kind of one one arm um, propped up on your thigh and you're resting your head on that. And you just, every now and then, you just look at your sandwich and you say, why? <laughs> yeah. I don't even get that much privacy. There's constant banging on the door. Now, the network's called me a heathen for pitching that as a six-part TV show. But honestly, I think at least Netflix will pick that up. Me just sitting on the toilet? Johnny on the pot. <laughs> we uh, we set up some canted cameras. Um, so they're filming the toilet 24-7. And people can go online and watch the live feed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. So I have to be in there a lot. Mm, well, I mean, use it as you will, because the Netflix documentary will, you know, cut to all the juicy bits. Oh, so I don't have to constantly, you said a live feed, that sounds like a... Yeah, 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 like people, basically, people will sit there for, tw I know I will, for 24 hours a day watching this, hoping that they'll catch a glimpse of you eating a sandwich on the toilet. It'll be like catching the golden snitch in Harry Hogwarts. Yeah, like we'll run we'll run this live stream thing like 6 months before and 6 months after the release of the edited documentary version. Yeah. Uh, that we we get out on Netflix, yeah. Called Johnny on the Pot. Yeah. Johnny on the Pot, yeah. It's uh it's not I people have really bad taste these days. I I'm hopefully hopefully I'm not coming off as too too critical this if week. you're worried about where the heroine's coming from, Conrad and I already have a supplier. Yeah, totally covered. And 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 I, you know, if if you're worried that maybe we might not be able to get good enough footage, no, because I, mean, I I mean I'm with you. Johnny on the pot is something that should probably have some production behind it. And I'm like I'm visualizing drone shots, right? Oh God, we we get some sick aerial shots. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, just imagine instead of Jonathan in his bathroom, Jonathan in the middle of Fenway Park. Oh, we can't film at Fenway Park because that's where he's selling the heroin. Oh. Mm. Basically, we can follow him anywhere but there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay, but there's got to be somewhere in town that's, you know, like a, like a nice big broad space. Uh, somewhere we could just set him, just maybe in the middle of traffic, like on the main street. Maybe in the middle of traffic. Yeah, there'll, there'll be relatively less heroin there than there will be everywhere else in this show. <laughs> so he can sit in the middle of traffic and we can just film him. Just put a toilet there in the middle of traffic, like on the median. <laughs> Uh, it could be on the roundabout. You could be on the middle of the roundabout, and you could be doing a, a big poo. It's not. It's really unkind. It's really. It's, it just started put a off dais in the middle of the roundabout, like a raised dais, and you know, a couple of steps up, and then just you prominently, and then you just prominently there on your porcelain throne. Looking out over the traffic circles around. And you know people are going to, like, take a few laps, right? Like, we'll probably want to put up some signs warning people of the traffic delays. Because they're going to watch. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to be... I'm going to be hiring a cab. And I'm going to be making the cab driver circle that roundabout about 15 times. And all the time I'm going to be yelling at the cabbie, look at him. Look at... Look at him! Oh, oh. Oh, we could install like a water system, like a like a sprinkler system. You know, kind of like the thing they have at uh, Las Vegas. You know, where they do the water shows. What? And so the when when you're finished, you flush, and the whole roundabout just bursts with like dozens of little sprays of water, little arcs. Like Disney's World of Color. I don't know if you've seen that. They've got I have. they've yes. got color arcs. So. People in Boston are incredibly aggressive and angry on the roads. Road rage is uh, one of the leading causes of violence in the Boston areas. As far All as the I've more read. reason to give them something to entertain them and take their minds off of their day-to-day humdrum lives. They've got, they've got very little sense of humor. There's a lot of violence. Um, if you do anything to disrupt somebody's commute... Uh, rotaries are, are particularly dangerous, high traffic, congestion, um, source of stress. Though in the rotary, you always have the right of way. So I can't believe I'm saying this. But if you were to put me in a little car while I was doing it, I technically would be able – and I could be going as slow as I want. As long as I'm traveling around the rotary, I have the right of way. So I'm So I'm told by the legal scholars of rotaries. So there is a way to maybe keep me from going to jail for this. But in terms of winning anyone over, it is a real – it's almost the worst idea you could possibly have. Okay, so what you're saying then is that we kind of need to put the toilet on something like a (laughs) go-kart. I don't think I don't think those are street legal actually. You would have it circling the roundabout. If it were like an electric car – like a little three-wheeler. I think they're allowed. Go-karts aren't quite there in terms of uh, being street legal, but... Okay. All right. So so it needs to be something something a little more substantial, something that they're, they're going to approve for road travel. So like a, like a float then. <sighs> like we just make a, a float, a parade float. That's really big. I had to take a phone call. Um, speaking of that phone call, Conrad, Charlie's getting very antsy. 
is getting very annoyed. Vis a vis the the heroin situation. Right. Okay. All right. Well, you know, yeah. it's, the money's coming. He's just gonna yeah. have to wait a little bit. Why? Then? Sorry. We'll, we'll, <laughs> Char- we'll once Charlie? we've raised his profile, we'll pay Charlie back, and everything will be fine. It's gonna be fine. But yeah, so we don't, parade float. We 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 were thinking parade float now for mm. him to be taking a shit in the roundabout. Uh... <sighs> Jonathan, look. I know, I know why he's upset about this. I know your big problem with this one, Jonathan. When you're finished on the toilet, I'll reach in and fish out the condoms. <laughs> what? All right? I'll save you the indignity of that. Because up until now, you've maintained your dignity. But I do admit, for Jonathan himself to get off the toilet, bend over and stop fishing out the Johnnies... It'll look a bit unseemly, so I'll do it. Where do the condoms come from? Why why and why am I fishing them out? Don't worry about it. Let myself and Conrad and Charlie worry about it. The whole point of this is that you don't really have to do anything at all. You know, like it's about us working together to make you famous. You know, I'm gonna try to segue for my sake, and for maybe everyone's, I did meet the bass player for Aerosmith recently. What? Yeah, I met the bass player for Aerosmith, uh, Tom Hamilton, and his wife, his lovely wife, very kind folks. And he, sincerely, you can look this up on Google, he wants to make his own beanie babies called obscene babies. <laughs> and they're all genitals. And he wasn't opposed, and he actually already made them. They're all sitting in a warehouse. He just can't get them sold. Uh, this is real. True story. And um, he also had an idea for a parody of Love in an Elevator called Fart in an Elevator. That tracks, yeah. But it kind of fits if you remember the, the lyrics. Um, uh, in the air, in the air is how it ends. Which could be farts or poops or poop particles. Farts do predominantly live in the air. They tend to linger there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can't do his own parody. He can't parody his own song. That's like, you know, uh, wearing... So he was asking you to do it. Oh, so he's asking you to start your career as the next big parody artist. He's asking you to claim that you are Aerosmith. And to sing Fart in an Elevator. He wants these beanie babies sold. These obscene babies, they're called. And he wants... What's so obscene about them? They're all dicks and tits and stuff. I can't believe I said that. Yeah, there's like three different dicks. Right. One's called Mr. Happy. The other one's called, um, like, Scrotum the Terrible or something. I can't remember. Genghis. Genghis. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's real. It may still happen, too. There's, There's a lot of work... Going on that I can't talk about. It's secret work. Well, how how easy is it to open and reclose the seams on the obscene babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, there's video of them. I haven't seen them in real life. I no wait, I did. Um, the seams were were pretty sewn shut. They were pretty tightly closed. Hmm. <laughs> you want to open? You want to open them? They've probably anticipated what Charlie would want to do with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, moving on then. Um, I like this idea of obscene papers. I'll, I'll sell some some plush knobs. <laughs> he wants to make it a show. He's like, 
And he's been trying at it for over 10 years. He first had the idea when his kids were in high school and when Beanie Babies were really popular and he thought they were not that great. So he, he actually made, because he's a multimillionaire, he made Obscene Babies and had his kid bring them to school and the kids immediately got in trouble. <laughs> and then they had to call in Tom Hamilton, the bass player for Aerosmith, to be like, look at what your children are doing. And he said, yeah, I know, I made those. That's, it was my idea. That was my idea. So he really put This is a book. lot of follow through for what is essentially a pun. I really think you would get along well with Tom Hamilton. I think you two are two peas in a pod, so to speak. Well, introduce me then. I will work on that. I, I'm not personal friends with him, but he's a friend of a friend. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll be seeing him again at some point. It's true. We, you, You'll be able to use him as a stepladder to climb your way up into the music industry he gets a lot of that actually um so i didn't even approach him about any uh, collaboration or or that sort of thing don't use him as a stepladder for the music industry use him as a stepladder for the toy industry because he's clearly got the brains for it he he <laughs> he would not mind some help for for folks who are uh invested in that world he's just busy playing las vegas shows with his band aerosmith and um, they made a contract early on. <laughs> Maybe we should do a charity drive. Maybe we should do a telethon <laughs> and a live fundraiser so the bassist from Aerosmith can make his toy dicks. He's got them all. He just can't find anyone that'll help him sell them. Like, they're in a warehouse. There's there's Scrotum the Great or whatever his name is. They're all... He just needs a storefront? Yeah, he's been paying rent on the warehouse for, like, going on 10 years. <laughs> No, He'll he never well, profit off his obscene so, baby. No, he so far so bad. He he is so rich. Like I don't know if you guys know this, but Aerosmith before they made it big, they signed a legally binding contract saying that for the the perpetuity of the band, for as long as the band exists, they will always split profits five ways. So just because he's uh, the bass player doesn't mean he's getting paid, you know, just $200,000 a year. Like, he makes as much money as anybody, and they're still making royalty cash off of the Armageddon theme song, you know? he's He wrote the bass, play, uh, bass line for Sweet Emotion, for, for cripe's sake. He's loaded. He just can't find anyone to take his idea as good and actually sell it. That's his problem. No faith. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is in the American Constitution, isn't it? You've got the freedom to make a toy dick, but no one has to sell it for you. No one has to. That's right. You can veto the toy dick sales if you own a business. I guess maybe Bad Dragon? I hadn't thought of that. Because he doesn't want to go sex toy. He wants this to be, like, the next Garfield. Even though, essentially, he's selling broken dildos <laughs> they're soft though like non-functional <laughs> dildos yeah they don't they won't and don't penetrate but he wants them to be a cute funny adventure time steven universe style i mean he's, he's basically presenting the dick in its least useful interesting <laughs> yeah, state yeah. he's selling impotent dildos jonathan he doesn't see it that way he, he sees himself as creating a wacky lovable cast of characters that everyone can relate to there's no vagina character but there is a bird with breast implants 
if I remember correctly. Now, like, if you could stick the dicks in the freezer and they'd shrink, that would be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He would love that idea, Conrad. I'm going to try to get that idea to him. Why hasn't he made a beanie vagina? That He has been asked that. Uh, If anything, (laughs) if if the plush cocks would go in anything, it would be a plush for JJ. Yeah. He He hasn't thought this through. He didn't occur to him. He was like, a toy vagina? Who wants one of that? As he's, like, sitting on a pile of (laughs) stuffed animal dicks. I've never wanted anything more in my life. Than a a stuffed animal And I've only heard of this stuff five minutes ago. I mean, this is well. This right here, this is just a pure example of why we need diversity at the workplace. Yeah, and he's talked to women about this. I mean, his wife was just like terrible idea, but he's like, it's my millions, so he did it. Uh, but he's recently <laughs> talked to other women who said like, you really should make a vagina too because um, yeah, yeah, inclusivity, absolutely. all that stuff. Yeah. Address the whole market. And he just shakes his head and says no. A vagina, Jonathan, represents a gap in the market. Which needs to be stuffed full. (laughs) He ain't thought this through. If you put it to him like that, if you stick it to him like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel bad about it. He needs to keep writing bass lines because... He's still writing. I'm sorry. He don't have an aptitude for toys like we do. That's, I, I still have hope for him. Again, seems like a really nice guy, um, not full of himself at all, really humble, just hanging out with me in the club, chatting me up. Um, wish him well. Chatting you up? Yeah, just a little yeah. chatting me up. Yeah, That's an interesting turn of phrase. Yeah, I didn't mean in like a provocative, romantic, or sexual way. Just like... Oh, you mean you, you didn't mean it in a romantic, provocative, sexual way yet, but... <laughs> With a little twist, i.e. you meaning it that way, we could get you on the television. As Tom Hamilton's new sex partner? Yes. <laughs> That's the worst. That's, you, sex partner you and business partner. We can leverage your guest appearance on Montel to sell the obscene babies. I'm sure Montel will be all about it. Montel Williams. The only Montel I care to know. Uh, I sometimes don't know if it's Montel Jordan or Montel Williams. So he doesn't want to have sex with me, that's for sure. And he can have his pick of the litter. He's a real uh, symbol of success. Well, he shouldn't be having sex with anything that's found in a litter. There's there's one problem right off the bat. It's just a just a figure of speech, but yeah, sure, he's not gonna have sex with anything that's born in a litter. But you know, men and women, he's very he's a unless they were very rich and they were born in a litter that you get carried around in. If they're like proper silver spoon in the mouth, rich, in which case they could open a store and sell the obscene babies. I've not let the obscene babies thing go. <laughs> he hasn't. It's been over 10 years. He's still talking about it. I mean, it's a very compelling concept. I I, I get it. I just, it seems so mismanaged. Yeah. Yeah. He's He hasn't uh, found a way to manage it. He, that's He's a bass player. He's quick to say, I'm an idea man and I'm a musician, <laughs> but I am not necessarily a businessman. Um, Keith, <laughs> Keith, his manager, who also manages Run DMC. So I'm like one degree of separation from run DMC now, which is a surprise. And Tim Heidecker. Oh, we are three episodes in and this is getting great. I know. I've on my own, no offense, 
But on my own, I have made some weird accidental strides towards connecting with actual successful, long-standing celebrities. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I mean, none taken. <laughs> I feel, uh, you know, I feel like uh, we're doing our job here. I suppose you didn't make it worse yet, so that's a not a minus. That's a plus, then. I'm like a bird, I'll only fly away. I don't know where my tongue goes. Jonathan, uh, who's your favorite actor in Hollywood? Um, Terry Crews. Wrong, it's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> he is very good, Willem. Wrong, 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 it's Willem Dafoe. He's your favorite actor from star and stage and screen and star, Willem Dafoe. And it's not just your career I'm here to look after, Jonathan, as your life coach. I'm here to look out for the little people as well, such as the talented but often unheard of Willem Dafoe. And I've been working on this movie idea for him, just a little pitch. Um, and I figured we, we could all come together and enjoy uh, this idea for a movie starring Willem Dafoe. Uh, it's called Useless Chimp. Useless Chimp. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name on the marquee. Useless, Useless Chimp. chimp. It starts in a bank. There's the bank. People are milling about in the bank. The bank manager is there counting all the money. It's played by Hugo Weaving. I'm the bank manager, and I'm counting all the money. I've made so much money, I'm fucking rich, mate. He says that. He loves being a rich bank manager. Rich old fat cat with a cat that is fat, played by Danny DeVito. Just goes, meow, like that. Really big cat. The door of the bank kicked open. In comes Willem Dafoe, wearing tights on his head so that you know he's a criminal Mm. and a shirt with arrows on it just to really hammer the point home. Uh, And he's got a shotgun. Does that thing with it. With that, does it like 15 times just so that the audience gets pumped as much as the shotgun. Was that 15? No, it's yes. Yes, it was. I've lost count. I'll have to do it again. <laughs> ah, I'm here to rob the bank. Put all the money in the bag. He's got a bag as well. I didn't say that bit, but he's definitely got a bag. And it's got dollar signs on it. So no one should be questioning where the money goes. It goes in the bag with the money sign on it. Everyone put the, put your jewels in there as well. All ears. Wow. So he goes round, collects all the wallets off people, goes up to the bank manager. I don't want to give you all the money. I won't be rich anymore. It's not your money. It's the bank's. Your money's in a different bank. Oh, yeah. Take it then. I don't give a shit. So he collects all the money. You hear police siren. Those weren't police sirens. That was the ghost of the bank. Mm. Played by Brendan Fraser. Sheet on his head. But anyway, police sirens do come. Oh, that's Danny DeVito as the cat. Just imagine police sirens. Time to make my getaway! (laughs) Runs out the bank. The getaway car is right outside. It's a... I don't know, a... Range Rover. He goes into the passenger side. Time to get out of here, getaway driver! But the car doesn't move. 
police sirens getting louder. That's a Skeksis. That's great. A Skeksis from Dark Crystal is driving the police car. Coming after him. The car's not moved. He looks over. Come on, getaway driver. Getaway drive. Sat there in the driver's seat is a chimpanzee. Dun, dun, dun. It's alive? I've been worried it was dead this whole time. It's a real chimpanzee. It's just sat there. It's just sat there. <laughs> Doesn't even have a seatbelt on. You don't even have a seatbelt on. You useless chimp. You've sold me up river without a paddle. The Skeksis police are going to be here any moment. Mm, I'm going to get sent down for this in Sing Sing, where they don't even let you sing. Oh. You useless chimp! And he gets arrested. Really? Yeah, gets arrested. I was sure there was going to be a twist there, but no, just as expected, the, the Skeksis. Titles. <laughs> useless chimp. Ten years later. That's just the start. Whoa. Holy oh, yeah. Holy smokes. Ten years later, Willem Dafoe leaves prison. Ah, I'm so glad I left prison. It was shit in there. I'll never rob a bank again. Or at the very least, I won't use a useless chimp as a getaway driver. Now to go home to my bakery where gingerbread men are being baked for the reopening. I've put a chimp in charge of the baking. Gets to the bakery. It's on fire. Oh. A chimp sat outside. You useless chimp! For ten years I gave you one job. I said you got ten years to bake a sheet of gingerbread men for the grand reopening when I get out of Sing Sing. And what do I arrive home to? A bakery on fire! You useless chimp. <laughs> Was that the uh, SV- SUV music? SVU? Yeah, it just goes to black. Oh. <laughs> ten years later. Again? Ten, yep, ten years later. So he's much older now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the... <laughs> he's in the hospital because he started in um, his sixties, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in his eighties yeah. now. Uh, well, but you know, it, the whole film is set in nineteen eighty-six, so you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. Sure. Um, anyway, the point is, is we're in the middle of a heart surgery, and Doctor Willem Dafoe is screaming at this chimp that's just pulled this person's ribcage open and he's using it to stuff bananas in. You useless chimp! I told you to help me perform open heart surgery! And instead of the surgery, you're stuffing the patient full of nanas. Oh, you useless chimp! <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> 30, 30 years on now. Prison sentence. In 1986. Okay. Yep. So don't worry about sure. it. Um, Electric Light Orchestra brought out Balance of Power, their least popular album. It's the, the heady year of 1986. That's the only thing I know that happened in 1986. A business, key, a kiosk inside a business lobby is there, like it's a building. Um, someone sat there. It's Brendan Fraser. Oh, I'm just working my job. I hope Willem Dafoe doesn't turn up with a movie plot. And the doors open up. 
Willem Dafoe's in there. Hey, it's me, Willem Dafoe. This chimp's used up. Go get me another. Brendan Fraser. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, is it still under warranty? Oh, I'm on a payment plan. Once I use up this chimp, I get another. Oh, yeah, no worries. You're on the gold membership, right? Let me just take this chimp off your hands. This chimp looks tired and annoyed. It's been degraded and told off for like 30 years. This is like a over 30-year-old chimp. Yeah, this is a tired... This is the longest 1986 this chimp's ever had. All right, you. I'm going to go put you in with the others. Uh, opens up a door that's got spent chimps written on it. Uh, just shovels that in, and it just lies on a bed with all these other chimps that have just given up. They're all just lying on beds, just... <laughs> like that, just really fucked off with it. Opens up the uh, other door that says fresh chimps, leads one out by the hand. Here you go, Willem! Enjoy it! Uh, Willem Dafoe leaves the business. The sign on the door of the business says... Scape apes. When you need a useless chimp to blame. Like uh, scapegoat, but scape apes. But scape ape. Scape apes. Camera pulls back as Willem Dafoe just leads this chimp to his car. Right, chimp, you're driving us home. Credits. He, uh, he hasn't learned a thing. He's just sticking to his chimp partnership. Well, that's plan. what they're there for. <laughs> it started with him. Talking to the chimp about the getaway, and the, the, the chimp was useless. Yeah. That's what they're there for. <laughs> they are useless chimps to be blamed for things. Oh. The movie was going to be called Scape Ape, but because I favour things that aren't funny over things that I personally find funny. Useless chimp. I found the phrase useless chimp hilarious, so decided to lead with that, even though Ape Escape is, uh, Ape, Scape Ape, rather, is clearly the better title. Well, but Scape Ape also is is sort of like the twist, you know? It's the big reveal. Mm, right, you save that for later. It's the Sixth Sense Village twist. People will be talking about this. It's up there with the Shyamalan greats. <laughs> It would be a good movie. It would be... Luke, I am your father. Oh, no. Scape ape. <laughs> a place to blame your useless chimps. You really take a turn away from the family-friendly genre. And, and there's a lot of great ape movies in that genre. The Dunstan checks in. I think it's an orangutan. Mm-hmm. Run in a hotel with uh, Jason Alexander. There's, of course, the... Um, I think uh, Burt Reynolds or Chuck Norris or maybe both of them were in a series of movies uh, with a, a trucker and a orangutan. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones. Well, here's the thing. Yeah? None of those movies actually work. What? A, an orangutan can't run a hotel. It would be useless and it would get screamed at. And that's the point of Useless Chimp, is to remind the audience that chimpanzees and other primates cannot run businesses, bake cookies, be on the police force, rob a bank. They can't do any of this stuff. They're fucking chimps. The most they do is use a stick to pick up some ants out of a hole. This is the vaccine, you see. This is the inoculation that we use against a general sense that 
apes and other simians are capable of doing all of these things. And it's necessary. It's important because if we do not remind people and keep everybody aware of the fact that these animals are incapable of these things, they'll take over. Oh, it's a, a, a Planet of the Apes type deal. Yeah, you can't leave that opening for them to come and supplant us as the ruling species on, on the planet. It, it, you can't have that. It's a well-orchestrated propaganda campaign that's been developed over a very long time to make human beings think that it would be okay if large mammals other than humans started to run some shit. You know, oh, it's wacky and comical, but in the end it all works out. No, it's dangerous. And useless chimp... Is an important story of our time. You're, 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 you speak of it with such um, professional authority. You sound like a true expert in this field. But the 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 most monkey movies, they're just cute children's films because kids relate. Oh, that's with what it. they want you to think. They want you to think that they're cute. Curious George, you know, they, they, the, the kids relate with the monkeys because they're not quite adults, but they're capable of stuff. The phrase monkey business is a lie. Monkeys can't conduct any. <laughs> yeah, but, but kids like to pretend they can. And if a kid sees a chimpanzee shoving bunches of bananas inside of a human's ribcage with blood splurting everywhere. and Yeah, um, yeah. they'll know in future... Don't entrust me life-saving surgeries to a fucking chimp. That's what Conrad was saying, but I don't... For... Uh... Oh, <laughs> oh Jonathan, tell me your ambitions. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I, I just want to connect with the world and have a good, healthy relationship with people and help them out and be helped by them. Uh, people have caught wind of this podcast. They've <laughs> they've started sending me ideas. You can send me ideas on Twitter uh, at. They've started doing drawings. Yeah, they started doing drawings. They did a great Pokemon drawing uh, with me as the Generation Eight Pokemon Score Bunny. I think they cast you as a. Is it Swabble? Is that its name? It's Swabble. Like a crying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cute little. And and Conrad was a grookey, I think, like a grass monkey, a grookey. That looked great. Um, one of me getting hit by tomatoes, which was a little less touching, but I was still touched that they even bothered. Cosmonfa drew you eating a seagull. I haven't seen that's that. That's eating a rat. That's eating a baby seagull. That's eating a baby rat. And you look so delighted. I haven't seen that yet. Not everyone knows my, my Twitter handle is non-Trotsky now. Yeah. So non can be fine. You can send me send me your ideas. Someone had an idea that I should be a new cartoon worm. Um, let me look this. Yeah, a cartoon worm named um, Wobbly the Wumpy Worm. And I always have to insert <laughs> W's into things. So uh, the two lines they had for me is, um, My Wami doesn't love me. And I call my mommy my wami, which is just, and uh, I want to die. I hate my wife. <laughs> just a miserable. <laughs> my mom hates me and I hate myself. Cartoon. It's a good one. That's good times. Sort of. I mean, why did I say it's a good one? It's, it's good in that if someone else did it, I could 
appreciate it. I appreciate their idea, but if I did it, I would. I don't know. I, I'm not totally against it, actually. I'm still mulling it over. Enough about me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel more famous? Do I feel more famous? Definitely. Um, this this more famous than you did an hour ago. This show is. Uh, it's not your most popular production. Thanks. Uh, but it's not your least. It's people are listening to it more than they were before we started a show. Uh, and they're sending me thank yous. So just the show in itself has already solved its own problem and can maybe, maybe end its own problem because it's over. So you did it. No, no, no. We're going to come up with a lot more problems for you, Jonathan. For you to overcome, feel good about overcoming them, and then as a life coach, I've done my job. As a talents manager, Conrad's done his job. Indeed. And as a celebrity, you will always be doing your job. And doing big jobs on a toilet that will be filmed under, well, under constant military surveillance. Yes, the people like the show. People won't like any of these ideas. They're all unmarketable, troubling, criminal ideas is what they are. Except for the heroin. (laughs) That's all perfectly legal, perfectly above board. It's still illegal heroin, I think. Uh, I think it's still... I should check the books. That reminds me. Uh, I got a flight to Panama we got to get you on, Jonathan. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've actually got to get that... we got to get that d- done quick because it's not just Charlie. There's there's at least three cartels that are very annoyed with Jonathan now. <laughs> what? Because of promises that were made. Promises were made, Jonathan! I'm not saying you made them, but your name was attached. So... Whatever it is you've gotten yourself into, Jonathan, Conrad and I will help you get yourself out of it. Oh. It's what we're here for. Uh. Okay. All right. And until next week, you know, I hope you, you keep your nose clean, or if you can't, make it very dirty, Jonathan. And best of luck selling obscene babies with the bassist from Aerosmith. How about yeah. that? Tom Hamilton. Is that the yeah. Maybe next week you'll uh, you'll be in Run DMZ. <laughs> it's, maybe. It's, I'm not as far as you maybe. might think from doing that. Where am I going to get a riot hose from, Jonathan? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'll, I'll work it out and we'll, we'll speak to you next Sounds time. How about, look that? I'll, how's about that for you? Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. So when are you going to play for the Patriots? Is he just gone? Can you say that? I'm back now. Can you say that? <laughs> I thought that was the final straw. <laughs> I was like, God, three episodes in and we we finally pissed him off by suggesting he play for the Patriots. Oh, wow. No, I didn't hear that. All right. No, I just totally cut out. <laughs> oh, when are you going to play for the Patriots, though, Jonathan?